It's the Win Daily DFS podcast with your host, 12 time DFS Live Championship qualifier, four time defending Fantasy Pros home run champion, Jeremy Muntradamus Munter. It's the Win Daily DFS Podcast. I'm your host, Muncher Domus. Today, we are joined by a special guest, first time on the show. He is a DFS pro. I'd like to welcome you to Adam, A through Z. What's up, guys? Happy to be here. Uh, pumped to be on my first Win Daily podcast. You know, I've been uh, contributing a couple articles here and there. I uh, usually specialize in weekend slates on the main slate. So I write about hitters and stacks uh, for the main slate. So a little background on me. Uh, I've been playing DFS for pretty much as long as it's been around. I think going on like five or six years by now. Um, I also work for a couple of different content providers. So I've had experience, you know, writing articles, providing content, doing podcasts, things like that. Um, and in terms of the DFS world, so last season, uh, I jumped into the top 200 in terms of fantasy ranking across all DFS sports on Roto Grinders. I was uh, really, really strong in NBA. That's my number one sport that I excel at. And then MLB is a pretty close second. So I was uh, top 50 for quite a while last season in MLB on the Roto Grinders leaderboard. So I know how to uh, win cash on DraftKings specifically. I play FanDuel a little bit, but DraftKings is. You know, my, my number one site, I'm based out of Boston and DraftKings is also based out of here. So they tend to treat me pretty well. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Pumped to be here. Pumped to uh, start my first podcast with Win Daily. Yeah, we're, we're pumped to have you too, Adam. And with that, let's just jump straight into the action with whipping around the infield. And the first game, we're going to go to Baltimore. We got the young kids on the mound, John Means, Griffin Canning. They both had moments where they've looked good. Are you trusting any of these options for the Sunday, May 12th slate? Yeah, this is this is an interesting game because, like you said, we got two young pitchers. Uh, Canning has looked really sharp, and he's going up against the Orioles, who just are obviously not a very good team at all. So I do have some interest in Canning here. Um, John Means also hasn't looked too, too bad, but he does have a much tougher matchup against the Angels. With that said, the Angels are pretty hot, so I would expect a kind of letdown game once they go back home. But this is still in Camden Yards. This game's still taking place in Baltimore. So, um, you know, I'm not sure if I'd go the Means route, but I think Canning up against the Orioles is definitely a really solid option. You know, the thing about Baltimore, though, is they still have offensive potential and they are at home. Jonathan VR is playing well. Chris Davis, who I actually like is a sleeper in this matchup. He hit the, a home run the other night. When Chris Davis is feeling it, he can get on a roll. It's not like Canning is that special. Is Chris Davis a player you would consider if you don't go with Griffin Canning? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Davis has a platoon advantage in this matchup. We got a lefty going up against a righty. Always want to avoid Davis against uh, left-handed pitchers, but Canning's a righty. So if you do want to go for Chris Davis and his price is still kind of reasonable around the industry, I definitely think that that's an option. Now, he's still 2,500 on FanDuel, so that's certainly plenty cheap. And he's also only 3,200 over on DraftKings. So I think you can definitely go for Chris Davis with the platoon advantage if you think he's kind of catching fire a little bit here for sure. And then the last question we'll ask about this game on a scale of one to 10, 10 being super confident. How confident are you in an angel stack of trout Simmons pool is high? 
Yeah, so I, I liked them a lot more last time they came out and they dropped eight runs, I believe it was. I think I might be hopping off of them here just because they've been so hot. I think their ownership's going to be a little bit higher than it should be. Otani's not coming out of the gate super, super hot or anything like that. Obviously, Trout's always going to be Trout. So I love Trout as sort of a one-off, but I think in terms of stacks, I'll probably jump off the Angels here just from a stacking standpoint, just because I expect people to kind of start to catch on in their ownership to bump up maybe a little bit higher than it should be for GPPs at least. Okay, it's a very interesting take. And with that, let's go to Boston. We have an undecided pitcher at the moment for Boston. We'll see if we can get an update during this. But Marco Gonzalez on the mound for Seattle. The Boston Bats have been hitting. Do they continue to hit against Marco? Yeah, what was that? They put up like 14 the other day, I believe. So the the Sox are definitely hot. They're going up against a lefty, which... I mean, the Sox best hitters are all righties outside of Andrew Benintendi. We have Mookie, JD and Xander all batting from the right side. They all I mean, they can hit against a pitcher no matter what hand they throw with. But lefties, they just sort of feast. So I'd probably lean away from Benintendi. But although everyone's going to do that because of that lefty on lefty matchup. Also, Rafael Devers is batting from the left hand side. So he's a little bit scary here. Uh, but Mookie, JD, Xander going up against Marco Gonzalez. Marco Gonzalez is not someone that scares me. He's got a come and pitch in Fenway Park against the Red Sox, who have really not looked great out of the gate. But, you know, once you score 14 runs, that's definitely the type of game that can sort of provide a spark to your offense. So I wouldn't be surprised to see the Red Sox keep it going here against a lefty in Fenway for sure. So now let me ask you this. So the listeners at home can understand your perspective as well. Marco Gonzalez doesn't scare you yet. He's five and one with a 3.08 ERA. He's looked good against solid teams all year. Why do you feel the Red Sox? Because you sound confident about that stack. Why are you so confident about it? Yeah, that's a fair point. So the Red Sox did face him already, it looks like, uh, back on March 28th. And they roughed him up a little bit. He only ended up with 12 DraftKings fantasy points. So I don't think it's necessarily a smash spot for the Red Sox because Marco, yeah, he actually has been more solid than, than I realized so far this season. But the Red Sox have not gotten to many pitchers so far this year. And Marco was one of them that they were able to at least rough up a little bit. So I think he's he's a little bit vulnerable. That game was also in Fenway. So I think this sets up pretty similarly. I could see Gonzalez ending you know anywhere between 10 and 15 fantasy points, but I think the Red Sox should be able to put a couple of runs on the board here. Yeah, that 10 to 15 fantasy points won't, won't get it done. Let's look at the other side. So it looks like Hector Velasquez is going to open up <laughs> Are there any Seattle bats that you want to target in this matchup? Yeah, Hector Velasquez definitely has some weak points. Um, He can let up quite a few fly balls, which if you're letting up fly balls in Fenway, that's never good. So uh, some of these Mariners, I mean, they pretty much started the exact opposite of the way that the Red Sox started. They came out of the gate swinging. They have some big sluggers in this lineup. Edwin Encarnacion, uh, Vogelbach, who's an absolute tank out there. He really just hits home runs or he gets out. He's kind of like a Joey Gallo type of guy. So there's definitely some bats we could target here. You know, in Fenway, you kind of want to target the righties because if they can get it up over the green monster, you know, it's really, really, you don't have to hit the ball very far at all to leave the ballpark as long as you have the height on it. But same with the lefties, the the porch and right field is very short. So just the fact that this game's being played in Fenway, the Red Sox have far from their ace on the mound. And I think we can get some, some exposure to Seattle as well. Be careful with those Joey Gallo comments. The guy's hitting nearly 270 this year, but I see where your head's at. He's getting more patient. 
Yeah, he's he's getting it done. All right, let's go to Toronto. We're in a dome. We got Aaron Sanchez, who has looked nice this season against Lucas Giolito, who is hot. Are you looking at any of these pitchers as potential guys you want to roster on Sunday? Yeah, this game is is one of those games that I, I don't love either of the pitchers, but also don't love either of the offenses. The Blue Jays are definitely not an offense that scares me. They called up Vlad Guerrero. He hasn't really been doing much of anything so far. I think he's going to have quite an adjustment period. He might have to jump back down to the minors and then come back up when he's a little bit more matured and ready. The guy's still only 19 years old, and that's kind of showing. I think the bright lights are shining a little too bright for him right now, so He's still projected to bat second for the Blue Jays, though. They're kind of just letting it, letting him ride this one out. He did have a pretty solid day today. I think it was his best day so far in the majors. Um, but other than that, we have a couple power bats in smoke, Tellez. So the Blue Jays are okay. Going up against Lucas Giolito, he's another pitcher that's, you know, just kind of strikes me as okay. He's had a pretty couple pretty solid games. He never really gets blown up. Um, and actually against Cleveland, looks like he had a really solid game on the seventh. So he might be rounding into form, but generally he's sort of like a middling pitcher for me. So I'm not really high on either side of this matchup. And then in terms of Aaron Sanchez, yeah, he, he's just another pitcher that is kind of up and down. And when he's, when he's up, he's just sort of average. So he is going up against the White Sox, who are usually a pretty solid matchup, uh, especially for a right-handed pitcher. So I think you could look to Sanchez just because of the matchup, but that's only if you need some salary relief on the slate, which I'm not sure if we're really going to need that. I like the analysis. Uh, with Vlad Guerrero, he's going to start stepping up his game once the Raptors are out of the playoffs, and then Drake's going to start attending, and that will get Vlad swinging a hot bat. As far as, the pitchers, as far as the pitchers go, I actually like Giolito a lot. He's been pitching at the top of his game. I believe he threw a three-hitter in his last start uh, with about seven Ks. He's got a, a young, fresh arm. The Blue Jays are not hitting. Smoke hasn't hit the ball in a lifetime. Uh, Vladdy Jr., he still hasn't got it going, like you said. I, li- I like both of these pitchers. And if you're, like, making two teams, I'm cool going one team with one guy and one team with the other. They're both low price. I like that to be a three to two, four to two, four to three type of game. Are you with me on that final score? Yeah, I definitely agree on that one. Okay. Well, let's go to the East. Well, American League East, Tampa Bay Yankees. We got Blake Snell at the mound on home against Marcianero Tanaka. We'll just yeah, so, <laughs> so Snell's got a tricky matchup here. The, everyone keeps talking about how the Yankees lineup is, oh, it's watered down. It's this, it's that. I mean, this lineup is still scary, and it looks like they're going to have eight of their nine hitters be right-handed hitters. Snell's a lefty, so it obviously going to be tough in terms of platoon advantage there. So I, the Yankees, there are a lot of strikeouts to be had in this lineup, and everyone's saying, oh, the Yankees lineup's so watered down. I mean, we have – DJ Lamahue, we have Luke Voigt, Gary Sanchez, Glaber Torres. I mean, we have we have some solid hitters still throughout up and down this Yankees lineup. So I don't think they're they're any type of slouch matchup that people are making them out to be. But with that said, they're gonna be playing in a dome, like you mentioned. It's gonna be in Tropicana Field, which is a massive dome down in Florida. So that definitely helps Snell out a lot. He pitches well at home. I like him a lot here just because of the strikeout upside. If this was in Yankee Stadium, I'd probably have a different take. I'd probably be more likely 
likely to fade Snell, but I like him quite a bit here. Same with Tanaka. Masahiro Tanaka's got uh, quite the park upgrade going down to the big trop, so I think that'll help him out. There are a couple of scary lefties in this Rays lineup, and they do still put up runs even at home. But with that said, their best hitter, Tommy Pham's a righty. He still does kind of feast against right-handed pitching as well. But I think the park upgrade for Tanaka, he's always a pitcher that seems to find a way to get it done, and he rarely gets blown up. So I'm really fine with both of the pitchers here, and I'm not too high on either of the offenses. You know, it's I like your take, but I'm going to have to say I don't like either pitcher just because both these offenses have big bats. I know these guys are good pitchers, and they hit their spots well. But baseball is a game of inches. And when you got stars swinging a bat and the ball's hitting the part of a bat by just an inch, it's going to change. Austin Meadows is health, healthy. Fam's playing well. Brandon Lowe. They got both teams have enough offense where I would be afraid of both these pitchers because one bad inning is more than possible. I like both Giolito and Sanchez more. It sounds like you like these two guys more. But regardless, I don't feel any bad to safe play in GPPs or cash game. Are you with me there? Yeah, that's fair enough. Yep. I agree with that. Okay. Now let's go to New York where we got Syndergaard on the mound. Thor himself against Caleb Smith. Uh, Syndergaard's been hot as he must start for the Sunday slate. Yeah, he's definitely up there. You know, he's kind of in the same position that we saw today for for the main slate, especially over on DraftKings. You know, I think I see DeGrom upwards of 50 percent owned. So he's definitely, you know, same exact matchup, same exact ballpark. Hopefully same exact result because DeGrom's absolutely rolling right now. I have 100 percent of him. He's he's uh, up to eight strikeouts right now. Only one earned run. But the Mets are still managing to keep the game tied because they're the Mets. So I wouldn't be surprised to see that again. The the issue here is the run support. But, you know, when when you're pitching against the Marlins and you're striking guys out left and right, you don't really need to rely on that win too, too much. So Syndergaard looks to me to be the number one option overall on the slate. And I don't think I see anyone that's really too close, at least so far. Yeah, Caleb Smith is closely priced to Thor. 10200 for Caleb, 10600 for Thor. Caleb has been pitching better. Is he on your radar for this matchup? Yeah, he's actually been doing shockingly well. Um, and he's a lefty, which the, the some of the Mets' best hitters are lefties. So I think this matchup sets up really well for Caleb Smith. The pricing scares me a little bit. You mentioned he's up there with the aces, but I think this is a matchup that he can excel in. I wish we could see the line for this game. Looks like it's not out yet, but I expect it to be in the seven, seven and a half to eight range. So I think both of the pitchers here are definitely viable because the Mets against a lefty, they're just not not very scary at all. They're they're barely getting it done today against a righty when some of their best hit uh, hitters feast against right-handed pitchers. So the, I think both the pitchers in this game are solid options for tomorrow. Yeah, I agree. And if that over under is at seven and a half, you got to pound that under and the first five under because we're looking at one one run being the difference in this game. Mm-hmm, for sure. Let's go to Houston. We got the young Adrian Sampson against a semi-veteran Colin McHugh. McHugh has not been getting the strikeout pitches as much as he has in Christmas past. Do we see any potential for McHugh in this matchup? Yeah, I've been targeting the Rangers quite a bit as they're on the road lately. Uh, There's definitely strikeouts to be had in this lineup. So 
I, I think McHugh's in play here. I don't know if he's going to make my my player pool, but I definitely think he's a serviceable option against the Rangers on the road because, as I mentioned, there there are some strikeouts to be had in this matchup. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just not in love with McHugh. I've just seen him be too vulnerable, not get enough Ks and performances. Yes, he should get the run support. Let's flip the token a little and talk about the Astros bats against Adrian Sampson. This sounds like an obvious stack to me. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I think so, too. The only reason I never end up with too many Astros players is just because their prices are so high. But like you said, obvious stack spot. The Astros should be able to feast against Samson. Uh, I mean, every single one of their first five or six hitters in the projected lineup are easily you know, viable to go off in this matchup. I think they could get a home run. We got Redick, obviously Springer, Altuve, Bregman, Brantley. I mean, that first four is just absolutely lethal. The only thing is if you're grabbing those four or if you're throwing in a Correa or a Redick, it's going to be tricky to grab Syndergaard unless you're totally punting your other pitcher, at least on DraftKings. So love the Astros stack. It's just kind of try to see how the slate works out. You know, can we afford them? Can we not? Yeah, we'll go back to that and do a little final question to see would you rather have Syndergaard or this stack. But before we do that, let's go to the American League Central. We got a pair of lefties on the mound. The white hot Martin Perez against the lefty Daniel Norris. Uh, the first name that comes out to my head when I see lefties going up against the Twins is Nelson Cruz in that power stick. Is, is, are we going to see a uh, Nelson Cruz blast in this game? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see that at all. The Twins are just absolutely on fire. Nelson Cruz's price is also skyrocketing. However, he's up to 3900 on FanDuel, 4900 on DraftKings. So you'll have to pay a pretty penny for him. But, I mean, he, he's definitely liable to go, go off in this matchup against Daniel Norris. Um, the Twins have just been absolutely scorching. I feel like every time I check the box scores, the Twins have double-digit runs. And I would not be surprised in the slightest to see that happen again tomorrow. Let's talk about some more of those hitters in this matchup. We got Jonathan Scope, who sounds interesting. The Candleman himself, Candelario, at third base for Detroit. How, how do you feel about those two guys? Yeah, I like Detroit. Detroit's, you know, a solid team. Castellanos is probably my favorite play from Detroit. Uh, the Candleman's not too bad sitting in this two spot, but I think I prefer Castellanos in this matchup. Um, he's his price is starting to drop down a little bit on DraftKings. He's down to 4.2. Looks like he was up a little bit higher, pretty consistently throughout the season. So we were getting him at a very, very slight discount here. Um, and I think, you know, like you said, Martin Perez has been white hot, but I think this is a spot for the Tigers to uh, take advantage of because they have so many righties in this in this lineup that they could be able to get to Perez just using the platoon splits to their advantage a little bit. But I'm not sure if I'd, I'd go as far as to say stack the Tigers. OK, I like that analysis. Let's go stay in the central of America. And we're in Kansas City now. Vince Velasquez has actually been scratched from this start. They're going to go with the rookie and Irvin, I believe. And then Jacob Junis is on the mound for Kansas City. I'm going to ask you a season long question first. Why would the Phillies go with Cole Irvin instead of Nick Pavetta in this spot start? That's that's a really good question. Actually, I didn't even know that he was starting. I still have it as TBD right now, so um, I, I can't really explain it. Hopefully, there's nothing wrong with him, and that and that's not the reason that he got scratched. Maybe it's a strategic 
uh, move by the Phillies to get him a little bit more rest. Usually this means that there's something a little bit of something going on with the pitcher that gets scratched, but hopefully that's not the case for the Phillies. Okay, let's talk. Let's flip the coin then and talk about the Phillies bats they are going up against Jacob Junis. Does Bryce Harper's name get you excited? Does anybody else's name get you excited? Yeah, Bryce Harper, definitely. I'm surprised how little I've been rostering Harper this season so far, but Junis just got blasted by the Astros that we were just talking about. He's also been lit up by teams like the Yankees, um, the Indians, the Mariners. So with that said, though, he has had a couple of good games against strong teams like the Rays. Um, He also has had good games against Detroit and the White Sox. So it's been kind of a mixed bag for Junis, which I feel like it sort of is every year. But with that said, the Phillies have some really strong, really strong bats like Bryce Harper, Reese Hoskins. So I I definitely wouldn't be targeting Junis, but I won't be stacking the Phillies either. I think it's more of like a one off spot for me with guys like you mentioned, Bryce Harper, maybe some Reese Hoskins in there as well. Okay, so just doing a little, you know, apple picking with the superstars, but no super stack. Exactly. Yep. Okay. I like it. I like the analysis on Junis. Let's round it up and go with the last game. We got St. Louis, Pittsburgh, Dakota, Hudson, Stephen Brawl. I mean, none of these pitchers get you excited or do you want to save all that money and go with Dakota Hudson against Pittsburgh? Yeah, (laughs) Dakota Hudson. Um, I don't know about that. <laughs> that might be a little bit too risky. Maybe if you're making multiple lineups in like a, a small buy in GPP and you're mass multi-entering or something like that, you can get some exposure to him. I usually keep it to one to three lineups or so, so he probably won't be making my player pool. Okay. Last three starts, he hasn't given up more than three earned runs. He had seven strikeouts against the Nationals. There's a little sleeper potential there. Let's talk about, let's flip the coin. Gregory Polanco's hot. Is Gregory Polanco must start? What about Goldschmidt in this matchup against the lefty brawl? Does he must start? Yeah, so if Polanco starts, for some reason, I don't have him in the projected lineup right now. He might he might be sitting this one out. But if Polanco starts, like you said, he's absolutely on fire. But with that comes a, a higher price. So eventually we might have to jump off the wagon here. I'm not sure if tomorrow's the right spot to do it. Um, I, I probably won't end up with him just because of the matchup. But if that is if he does start. Um, and then on the Pirates, just I usually tend to avoid the Pirates when they're at home. They're on the road in St. Louis. It still doesn't, you know, not too much that gets me excited about the Pirates in general. It's a nine-game slate, so I typically try to avoid the Pirates when I can unless they're up against a total gas can, and that's not really the case tomorrow. Yeah. Goldschmidt's interesting, though, just because it is that lefty-righty matchup, and it seems like it's been a lifetime since he had that three-home run game. I mean, he is the best first baseman on paper going into every season. This is almost like why you draft Goldschmidt in season-long leagues for this matchup. How, On a scale of 1 to 10, how much do you feel he's a must-start play for tomorrow? Um, I'll probably give Goldschmidt an eight tomorrow. I, I okay. like him a lot. I wouldn't say he's like a stone cold lock, have him on a hundred percent of your lineups type of guy. But I'd, I'd say if you're making one lineup, try to prioritize him. If you can, obviously gets a little tough with his salary. He's 3,900 on FanDuel, but on DraftKings, he's only 44. So we just saw a guy who was priced a thousand more expensive on DraftKings. And that's not the case with Goldschmidt. So might try to get some exposure to him over on DraftKings. But with that said on FanDuel, he also takes up that catcher first base slot. So and you can also throw them in the util. So there are a couple of different places you can go with Goldschmidt, depending on what site you're playing on. Okay. 
All right, I like the analysis. I was whipping around the infield, and now it's time for Beast or Bust. So Beast or Bust is a rapid fire. Do you want to start this guy in daily fantasy? He's a beast or not? He's a bust. Adam, are you ready? All right, let's do it. Strap in. All right, we're going to start with the best player in baseball. He's 4,800 on FanDuel. He's the outfielder, Mike Trout, against the lefty, John Means. Since I really want to go bust here, but since this is still in Camden Yards, I'm going to have to go beast. I have to. It's yeah, it's hockey, but. I, f- I feel like whenever Trout faces like a weak lefty, you almost have to play him. Am I wrong? No, I, I definitely agree. I really didn't want to, but you got to say beast there. You got to say beast. I set you up with the beast because it was your first time on the show. So we're going to make it a little more difficult. We're going to go with the shortstop for the Texas Rangers. He's $3,900. Elvis Andrews at Colin McHugh. I'm going to go bust here on Andrews. You know, I, I have been fading the Rangers, targeting pitchers against them lately. I'm going to I'm going to think that keeps rolling tomorrow and say bust for Andrews. Yeah, I'm with you. The matchup's too tough. It's not like there's a lot of guys with better matchups, but if you're going to spend up for 3,900, the guy better put up big time fantasy numbers. Mm -hmm. Next up for beast or bust. He's a third baseman. He's also for the Philadelphia Phillies at 3,300. Mikhail Franco. Yeah, I'm going to go with another bust there for Franco. Um, I'm not sure if he's the, the Philly that I'm going to be targeting. Looks like he's batting pretty low in the order. Junis is a, a righty pitcher. Franco kind of struggles against righties. He usually performs better against lefties, if I remember correctly. So I'm going to go with bust on Franco for tomorrow. Yeah, I'm going to go bust as well. The only time you can go with him is when he's facing one of those soft curveball lefties and he can just hit it to the you know out of the ballpark for him. Yep. Next up, it's the second baseman, $3,600, Jonathan VR against the rookie Griffin Canning, beast or bust. Yeah, so this is one we're going to disagree on. I'm going to go bust for VR. Um, I think Canning's got some solid stuff, and I just don't think the Orioles get it done in this matchup against the Angels. I believe in Canning. I know it's a really small sample size, but the guys looked really sharp out there. But I know you're you're going to eat me up for that one. You know I'm going to eat you up for that one. The guy's got the potential to steal two bases. He can hit a home run. He's hot. I'm not in love with this Griffin Canning hype machine that everyone seems to be. (laughs) We'll We'll see how the party rolls on. And last but not least for Beast or Bust, I'm going to get you with the guy that you gave a little too little love to earlier in the show. He's an outfielder. He's the Texas Rangers. Joey Gallo, 4,200 at McHugh. Beast or Bust? See, if before I talked to you, I would have said Bust, but I think you convinced me. I'm going to go. I think I've had plenty of Busts already so far. I'm going Beast for Joey Gallo. I think he'll, he'll go yard tomorrow. All right, there we go. We converted Adam to a Gallo addict. (laughs) Well, that is all the time we have for our show. Thank you so much, Adam, for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Thanks for hosting. Thanks to all the members that are signing up. Um, You guys are getting lots of great free content here every day. So spread the word. Tell your friends about Win Daily. You know, this is a great site. We're just pumping out amazing free content on a daily basis. We're winning daily. We're trying to help everyone else win daily. So spread the word. Get all your buddies to sign up. And thanks for listening in. Thank you again to our special guest. You can follow Adam on Twitter, A through Z. 
Don't forget you can get the win daily, winning daily fantasy sports and life book on Amazon for 99 cents by Jason Mezrahi. I am Montreal Miss. We will see you on Monday. Beast.